I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. Madness, it has been already, and we are only on the first day of the madness. Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio. All you have to do is tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh. Find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Multiple upsets already today. We are live in action right now. Duke leading Oral Roberts 40-23 to 23 at the half. Joe, not good news uh, for your upset prediction there. Not good news. Gonna need some minor adjustments at the half on behalf of Oral Roberts to be that. It took eight and a half minutes to put points on the board, which is one of the most infuriating huh? things to me about college basketball because as great as of a year as this time is, I mean, my God, sometimes the product can be such a struggle. But we still have mm-hmm. 20 minutes to go. I will not accept any negativity or any negative mojo. Put it out in the universe. Oral Roberts will come back to lose by six or fewer points. Okay, well, there you go. You heard it here first on Joe and Amber. Uh, very specific. We'll see. Very specific. We will see uh, if you end up being right. You were right that Furman was going to upset Virginia, the 13 seed over the four seed. Furman beat Virginia 68 to 67 on a last second three. Another upset from today, Princeton over Arizona. Princeton, a 15th seed, beat the two seed Arizona 59 to 55. Here's what both of those sounded like. Clark runs end line, chest pass into Beekman, bounces back to Clark, 10 seconds, he is double, slap that, prayer pass, picked off by Heed, 5 seconds, Pagese, right wing for the win, yes! The horn is going to sound, the Princeton Magic is alive and well, the Princeton Tigers upset Arizona. 15 over a 2, 59-55 is the final score. The Tigers will advance to the second round. A couple upsets out of the gate has to make everybody feel good. I know, Joe, you are obviously in Las Vegas. Las Vegas feels like the mecca of March Madness, particularly from a betting perspective. I would imagine every sports book in Vegas is packed. I know my brother flies out to Vegas every single year for today, for day one of March Madness. Him and a bunch of his buddies, they've been doing it for 20 years strong. I know he's not the only one. That strip must be popping. It's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. If you've never done it, you have to experience it, but you have to plan it properly. This is not like it was 20 or 30 years ago where you rolled into town, you got seats at the book if you were early, you could still go out and get your steak dinners. It's not like that. The town is incredibly crowded. Everyone's got the same idea and everyone's planning. Plus, the town has gotten really efficient at charging people for this. Let's let's just be crystal clear. You're going to have to pay to sit in the sports books. You're going to have to be there early. So, plan it out in advance. Now, if you want, if you want an insider tip and this is part of what the Joe Fortinball experience is all about, a better week to go is actually next week. Next week is a better really? week to attend. Number 1, prices plummet. Number 2, Access improves. Number three, while there are fewer games, that opens up the morning for golf or laying by the pool or doing something else. 
and then easing into the games. And then number four, the weather's better. This is right on the swing, the swing time of year, the weather. We are just getting our nice weather. And this week, eh, it's okay, but it can flip to the 90s in a hurry. And buying that one extra week can get you some great outdoor time. So if you are looking for a much more relaxing, more opulent, more inexpensive experience next week actually works a little bit better than this week believe it or see not. that's why you come to joe and amber you come to Boom. joe and amber for the vegas insider tips that joe fortenbach can bring your way you also come to joe and amber for the highlights that we just played for you courtesy of our friends at westwood one ncaa radio network let's look ahead because i mentioned oral roberts and duke in action right now we've still got a lot of first round action left today joe northern kentucky houston will tip off at 9 20 tonight Louisiana Lafayette, Tennessee, 940. Penn State, Texas A&M, 955 tip. And you've got UNC Asheville, UCLA as a 10.05 p.m. tip tonight. Do any of those games interest you particularly? All right, let's run through some notes. Houston, a number one seed, the number two overall seed behind Alabama. They are an 18.5 point favorite. They should be fine. They will be without Marcus Sasser, their All-American and leading scorer for this game due to a groin injury. It looks like Houston wants to rest him as much as possible for getting later in the tournament, so keep an eye on that one. Tennessee, an 11-point favorite over Louisiana Lafayette. There are some sharp guys out here in Vegas who think Louisiana could cause Tennessee problems. A bit overrated in the eyes of many under Rick Barnes. A very good defense, but the offense has a tendency to go MIA at times. The marquee attraction, Penn State, Texas A&M. A&M was a three-point favorite. It's down to two and a half. Penn State's been drawing sharp money. They can shoot. They've got a fantastic offense. They're red hot, having ripped through the Big Ten tournament, almost had a shot to take out Purdue. Purdue, one of the number one seeds, they held on to win that game. They deserve to win that game, but Penn State A&M should be the fantastic crown jewel of the evening slate. And then UCLA, big favorite, 17 and a half over UNC Asheville, but they're dealing with injuries as well. It might not hurt them here, but they are a vulnerable two seed Possibly like what we saw from Arizona, who was supposed to be good, but what the hell happened against Penn? Because if you look at the box score, Arizona, one of the more prolific offenses in the country, shot 42% from the field. They were 3 of 16 from deep. They only hit 57% of their free throws, and they committed 13 turnovers. Like, you couldn't have played a worse game, Wildcats. Clearly not ready for the madness. Clearly not ready for the madness. Again, Duke right now over Oral Roberts, 40 to 23 at the half. Also in action, you've got Auburn, Iowa. Auburn leading the way, 36 29. You've got Texas over Colgate right now, 18 to 14. And Northwestern and Boise State. Northwestern edging out Boise so far, 29 to 24. So we will continue to keep you updated on all of the NCAA action. Plus, coming up next year on Joe and Amber, what has been the best move of the NFL offseason so far? Joe and I are going to argue it out. We're going to duke it out. That is next, putting our law degrees to work. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to us on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. There's a lot of people rich with this offseason in the NFL. Lots of moves taking place. What's the most important one? Joe and I are going to argue. But that's in moments. First, we're going to play nice. And when we play nice on Joe and Amber, we try to earn you some money. It's Joe Fortenbaugh's favorite thing to do. Let's get to it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. I mean, is it really your favorite thing to do? I just kind of, I just kind of said that. I'm uh, guessing there's I mean, other just, things that you enjoy doing in life. Auburn as well, just but. splashed a big three. Well, I mean, yeah, my wife and kids aren't here right now, so I could say it. Yeah, this is one of my favorite things to do. Now, <laughs> question. Now, if they came walking in that door, it'd be like, ah, it's just kind of a hobby. I, you know, I can't wait <laughs> right. to go soccer. Yeah, practice. family time. Clearly, my favorite thing to do. Yada yeah. yada. Blah blah blah. <laughs> but the reality well, uh, well, is, March Madness is pretty darn cool, and so is betting on it. Madness is outstanding, especially out here in Las Vegas. All right, we'll make this one quick because we're going to the ice. 10.30 p.m. Eastern. It's the Kraken on the puck line, minus one and a half over the Sharks. We're getting paid nicely on this one, plus 140, which means a $100 wager returns $140 in profit if we win. The Sharks have been brutal. They clearly want to get to the offseason. They've lost nine of their last 10, during which time they are minus 26 in goal differential. That means in the last 10 games, they're getting outscored by an average of 2.6 goals per game. That is terrible. The Kraken have had three days off, which is important because they're on a three-game losing streak and they are trying desperately to hold on to some playoff positioning in the Western Conference. So I think we see a great effort tonight. Kraken, puck line, plus 140 over the Sharks. All right. It's time to state your case. Welcome to jury duty. This is jury duty with Joe and Amber. This is Jury Duty with Joe and Amber. We welcome in the judge, the jury, and the executioner, James Steele. Yep, we're going to argue to the death here. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Um, so, A joke from last night. The, if you missed Joe and Amber last night, check out the podcast, the podcast. on the ESPN app. There you go. Absolutely. That's a great, nice. uh, great plug there. Uh, so we were trying to come up with something new for jury, jury Duty today, and we came up with this. What has been... The best move of the NFL offseason so far. Best move meaning not just a signing, could be a trade, could be someone getting cut, whatever it is. What's the best move in the NFL offseason so far? Joe, the floor is yours. I'd like to point out that I won yesterday, and knowing James, no matter what's said here, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna give it to Amber. I want to make oh. that very clear that he tries to play it in the middle, so I'm gonna put him on Order ice real in early court. in the process. 
real early. All well, right, this is so, a good strategy by you, insulting yeah. the judge's integrity off the bat. Well, we'll see what he decides at the end of this. Maybe I end up being, either way, I'm winning now. Either I called out his, his affinity for <laughs> balancing it out, which means he's going with you, or he's going to try to prove me wrong, and I end up winning. So Let's get way, to the I'm arguments here. All right. All right. So here we go. I really wanted to make a case for the darkness retreat as the NFL's best offseason move because, my God, the content has just been glorious. But alas, I'm going to sit back a moment. I'm going to say the hiring of Sean Payton in Denver is the most important move that was made this offseason. You can say what you want about Payton, but Denver was an absolute disaster last year. They were a seven-win team two seasons ago, fired Vic Fangio, hired Nathaniel Hackett, a supposedly bright up-and-coming offensive mind, and then acquired Russell Wilson. And after all that, they went from seven wins to five. Nathaniel Hackett became just the 17th head coach in NFL history to be fired after his first season on the job, joining the likes of guys like Ray Rhodes, Urban Meyer, the list goes on. It was a disaster. So you not only needed to improve the coaching situation and the team and the culture, you got to salvage an awful contract that Russell Wilson got. Five years, $242 million behind only Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen in terms of overall total value. Enter Sean Payton, an offensive mind who's won a Super Bowl, a man who's had success across multiple decades in the NFC. He comes to the AFC. He's going to change the culture in Denver. He's going to be able to help you salvage that awful investment in Russell Wilson, and he's going to be able to turn the franchise around. Some players can come in and help your offense. Some players can come in and help your defense. Some transactions can give you a little bit of an edge. This improves everything. It was the most important transaction of the offseason. Amber, the floor is yours. You know, what's funny is I have six impactful off-season moves on my list when I was preparing for this, and Sean Payton wasn't one of them. And, uh, and honestly, not because it's not impactful, because it's hugely impactful, but also Thank it you. feels like it was seven months ago now, doesn't it? Like the, it does. This has been a heck of an NFL off-season. Frankly, I completely forgot about the Sean Payton move. The Sean Payton move, is a good. that's a good argument by Joe, because you also have to try to fix the Russell Wilson situation. That impacts your franchise for the next decade, frankly, yes. how that whole thing pans out. You can so ruin my favorite my now, baby. So does my move. My move also impacts the franchise for the next decade at least. And that is Jalen Ramsey. No, I'm just kidding. I knew everyone thought I was going to go Jalen <laughs> Ramsey, go into the Dolphins, an all-pro corner. It's a good move by my Miami Dolphins. That is not the move that's going to impact my team, though, for a decade. The team that will be impacted potentially for the next decade is the Chicago Bears trading away the number one overall pick. And I think this was a brilliant move by Chicago. I always thought that it was a whole bunch of smoke and mirrors when Chicago was out here trying to pretend like maybe they would move on from Justin Fields. We were talking about it here on ESPN Radio for a month. You know, he's not there. He's not Eberflus's guy. He's not the front office's guy. So maybe they'll move on from him. It was ridiculous conversation. Conversation because Justin Fields has absolutely showed enough with absolutely nothing around him that he has the talent to lead that organization. What you need to do is put the things around him, and they're able to do that because, boy, did they get a haul, and I mean a haul for that number one pick. We don't see number one picks get traded all that often when I researched it in the NFL, but this is one of those scenarios where you do it if you're Chicago and you take the haul in return. You don't need a 
quarterback. A quarterback's going number one. What you need is quite literally every other position on that team. And so this is the Bears ripping it down to the studs and building it back up, which has always been the plan. But in doing so, they managed to realize that the quarterback was already in the building. They get Carolina's first round pick. They get number nine. They get the late second round pick at number 61. They get a 2024 first rounder. They get a 2025 second rounder. This thing goes on for years in terms of them being able to draft these players. And if they hit on those draft picks, then you're talking about a team that is putting the weapons around a quarterback that I believe in, in Justin Fields and a Bears team that is building this thing up from the ground up, but also an organization that can do it the right way. And on the flip side of that move, because of course there's always another side to this move, if Carolina does hit, and I have a hard time with these quarterbacks in this draft, but I'm guessing if you do hit, obviously, you have to hit on that position. That changes the entire trajectory. I don't know if it's going to be Will Levis or if it's going to be C.J. Stroud. I tend to believe it's going to be C.J. I tend to think Bryce Young is undersized. Nevertheless, whoever it is that they end up getting with that number one pick, you're talking again. If you hit on that thing, that's 20 years the way that these quarterbacks last now in the NFL. So that one single offseason move impacts two franchises for potentially decades to come. That's why I think it's the most impactful move of the offseason. Well, I'm uh, stuck between a rock and the... I mean, the jury is stuck between a rock and the hard place tonight because of what Joe said at the beginning of his argument. But after a lot of deliberation in here, long and hard deliberation, uh, the jury rules in favor of Amber because... Listen. There it is. Listen. Because Amber's awesome. Because it's very she clear he the, was going to go back. He just she what he made does. The point, she made the point that it doesn't just impact one team. It impacts mm-hmm. two teams. Mm-hmm. It that was an excellent point by me. The most You do realize that by hiring Sean Payton, that impacts the Chiefs, the Raiders, no, the Chargers. Every move impacts everyone. Hold on, listen. They, all the moves impact everyone. Well, only, going it only the impacts, Jets, impacts them if he's winning. Teams. All I all I heard last year was all these moves impacting the Chiefs and what did the Chiefs do? Uh, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. allowed to. I'm not allowed to say. Anymore. You can say what you like, but the point that was most valuable that was made was that you were going to rule in her favor because you yep. ruled for me yesterday. So go. I'm glad that we were able to well, establish that. In it advance. can't just be. Good thing that it's I made the best three. argument, Joe. No, it can't. It can't possibly. I I. I'm not a good loser. Have you not figured that out? I'd, I'd like to believe you're not a good loser either. Anyone who's a good loser doesn't like winning enough. That's right. what it comes down to. You got to be hungry for the win. I, I learned an important lesson here today, though. It's that Which I, is? I uh, will not let Joe go first anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That might that might be the that might actually be the lesson that you learned. He was jammed up. He was in between a rock and a hard place. Is right where you put James Steele. You could have just let Nick decide. You could have just put the whole onus on Nick. We talked about we 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 deliberated that also, and me recusing myself (laughs) from uh, from making a decision. That actually would have been funny if you had recused yourself. That would have been slick. Judge. That's what we should have done. Let's rewind and let's go back and let's do that. That's chess, not checkers, right there. Nick still would have ruled in my favor, though, because Nick and I, we bonded yesterday over our affinity for showering before the gym, and we both took a lot of heat for it yesterday, and so I feel like Nick would have ruled in my favor. Amber, I was with you from the start. I told James, I was like, yeah, Amber wins. Joe, it has nothing to do with your semantics or whatever you're playing over there. She just made the better argument. Let me ask you something. Who's your favorite football team? New York football giants. Yeah, and you know I'm an Eagles fan, so you're naturally going to vote against me. Like, <laughs> Man, stop good. trying to pretend like you've got integrity, okay? I'm 
24, I definitely don't. He's good. <laughs> I'm 24, I definitely don't. Goodness. Very nicely done. Oh, the future. The future of our country. Uh, this is the representation of it. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, I think we're going to get into some other things outside of the NCAA t- tournament and outside of me and Joe arguing. Jokic is winning his third straight MVP, or is he? There's competition now. Joe and Amber, the podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is happening? Today is March 16th. Mm. March the number, third month of the year, 316. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin 316 says, I just, I'm not going to finish that sentence because it'll probably get us in some trouble. What? Today, James is known as what? It's 316 day. Yeah. So, Do you have an happy, Austin 316 shirt on? Yeah. Yes. Steel? Happy oh, 316 Lord. day to those who observe. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And how did it take you so long to notice that, Amber? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was it's just. A very, it's a very important holiday. I was blocking it out. Well, first of all, all I can see in the Zoom, it just says Austin real big. So there none of go. it. Okay, now he has stood up. Now I can see the, the 316. Uh, yeah. Um, enjoy it. Just right. enjoy the done? opulence. Happy 316 Are we done with day, this? Amber? Yeah, uh-huh, sure. Yeah, we could, we could, this is we... probably the extent to which we were going to acknowledge this. And right, it's uh, nicely done, James. Thank you. What? Uh-huh. All right. Uh, back to sports we go. Uh, there's madness going on right now and I don't just mean the madness occurring on this spo- on this show as they're talking about professional wrestling like as if it's real. Uh, Duke All right. is leading the way over Oral Roberts right now 52 to 29. So I think I would say at this point Joe that's not going to work out for you. Well, it just became 5429, mm-hmm. so that's actually even worse than 5 seconds ago when you were laying out the score. Um, yeah, I, I, I might be a bit jammed up here and I'm going to tell you something for pizza money tomorrow. I I think I'm coming back and betting on betting against Duke again. I I think I'm going to spike them until they lose. I might spike bet them right to their next national championship. So Duke fans, you're going to owe me one way or another. (laughs) So I don't know if spite betting then is a good strategy, but we'll see. Well, I I, I think most betters have, right? It's great. Oh, yeah. I won like 250 bucks on betting that Mahomes would win win MVP after they traded Tyreek Hill. Then everyone said that they were not going to be good anymore. Okay. All right. And so I got go really mad, and I bet. His, his ability to get back to the Kansas City Chiefs is really, saying, honestly, it's commendable. This is what I know. I don't know. What do, you want, what do you want from me? In his defense, a very good what? spite bet. Bart Scott drove him nuts, so he decided he was going to bet against it's Bart's true. rant, and he ended up making money. <laughs> and I hope Sometimes Bart hears this. Sometimes it can this. work out. 
sometimes it can work out. So Duke leading the way, yes, 54 to 32 over Oral Roberts. Also in action right now, Auburn over Iowa, 64 to 56. Northwestern over Boise State, 38 to 32. And Texas over Colgate, 37 to 28. Eight. Amber Wilson and Joe Fortenbaugh with you. You can find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Let's go to a different type of basketball, though. Let's go to the professional type. And it's been interesting, Joe, because all season long, we've been talking about Nikola Jokic being the odds-on MVP. And it seemed like he was going to run away with his third MVP, his third straight MVP in very rare company in the NBA for a player to win three straight MVPs. Maybe not so fast. Joel Embiid appears to be making some headway here. This is a story that we've heard, by the way, the last couple seasons, because it seems like it's always Joel Embiid nipping at the heels of Nikola Jokic when he's uh, pursuing an MVP. The betting odds have changed here quite dramatically from what I understand, Joe. They have. So Jokic has been your favorite for quite some time and for very good reason. He's put up ridiculous numbers. He's won the award before and his team's a one seed, excuse me, in the Western Conference. So he was sitting in the neighborhood not too long ago of around minus 300, which means you have to risk $300 to win $100. My, how the times have changed in one week. The Nuggets went on a bit of a losing streak. Still the number one seed in the Western Conference. But after Embiid went absolutely nuclear last night against the Cleveland Cavaliers in a big win, they have pulled even at Caesars Palace, our official partner here at ESPN. Embiid is minus 105. Jokic is minus 105, which means instead of risking 300 to win 100 on Jokic, you just have to risk 105 to win 100 on Jokic and the similar with Embiid. One thing that always gets lost in this when we're talking about the value they have. You can look at points and assists and triple doubles and wins and all that stuff. It's important. But defensively, defensively, that's where the difference is. Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's also in the race, number four in the NBA in defensive win shares. You work your way down, Joel Embiid is 16th in the NBA, and then you have to go all the way down to 40th to find Jokic. There's a significant edge for Embiid on that side of the court, and I wonder... How many voters out there do you think are looking at this race and saying one of two things? You know what? Maybe it's time we give it to someone else and Embiid is worthy. Or in the context of, I don't think Nikola Jokic is worthy of winning three consecutive MVPs, thus joining the likes of Larry Bird, Wilt Chamberlain, and Bill Russell as the only players to ever do it. Yeah, those are some serious names on that list. He would be the fourth player in NBA history to do it. And you're absolutely right. When I heard, I heard Chris Canty making the argument today about the defensive side of the ball. That is the knock against Jokic. It's also a different game than the one that Joel Embiid has. But if you're going to try to give Embiid the edge over Jokic, then that's where you need to go. You need to go to the defensive categories. In terms of the metrics and the advanced metrics, though, Jokic is, is so far and away in all of those categories but the thing is in seasons past the last couple of years when Jokic has won it the big knock on Jokic wasn't just defense but the big knock on Jokic was that the Nuggets were not in the position right so last year I don't have it in front of me I think they were the sixth seed when he won the MVP it was something like that now I they can had bring that up the, for you right now they had the uh they had obviously multiple injuries six seed very nice there you done go. It. <laughs> look at me uh it's like I know a thing or two. um <laughs> 
Occasionally. I can guess right. I may fool you all. But yeah, so they were the sixth seed. So that was the whole knock last year when we were having all those conversations about Jokic winning it was how can you give it to the team, the guy leading the team, that's only the sixth seed in the conference. And yet this year, they're the one seed. And so now they've slipped a little bit. They lost their fourth in a row yesterday. However, they're still the top seed in the conference. Now, yes, they have lost their lead a little bit, four and a half now over the Sacramento Kings and the Memphis Grizzlies, but they're still the top team in the conference. And so I think it's interesting that just a four-game skid can change the odds that dramatically when we saw him win an MVP when they were the sixth seed last season. So two components to this. One, seeding is very important in these votes. I remember the year Russell Westbrook won. I believe they were a sixth seed in Oklahoma City. It's because he had that triple-double, right? That triple-double meant so much. He averaged the triple-double. We hadn't seen it since the Big O. And then he went and averaged it again the next year, and nobody cared. Like, nobody Mm -hmm. cared. It was just some statistical thing. He hit these arbitrary benchmarks, and all of a sudden people thought it was remarkable. So, all right, fine. And then Jokic wins it as a sixth seed, and you try to justify the case. Seeding with the NFL MVP, seeding with the NBA MVP matter a lot. It doesn't matter in baseball for some reason. You know, Mike Trout's won a bunch of them, and the Angels are never contending at all, but that's neither here nor there. So let's look at Denver. Okay, you're a one seed. Does that give you more value over Embiid as a three seed? Because if you look at the actual record, Embiid is 46 and 22. And Jokic is 46 and 23. The Sixers actually have a better record. So I think that needs to be taken into account. Number two, when it comes to the voting, there are voters, not all of them, but some, who consider themselves these gatekeepers to history and legacy. You see it with the NFL Hall of Fame. Terrell Owens, by every conceivable metric, was a first ballot Hall of Famer, and yet the voters kept him out because they wanted to send a message to him that they didn't like the way he treated them when they were covering him. Thus, they denied him the distinction of being a first ballot Hall of Famer, which puts you so in a sorry. class all by yourself. And I yeah. think that's what could happen here. You could have voters who decide, you know what? I don't want Jokic to join the likes of Larry Legend, Wilt Chamberlain, and Bill Russell. He's not getting my vote. I'm going with Embiid. You got to handicap all this stuff when it comes to human nature. Which is so silly because if Jokic yes. continues on this tear and continues on it for years, I mean, how do we know that we're not going to be talking about Jokic in the same conversation as those guys one day? I mean, it, right? I mean, it's this ain't over for Jokic. It's not. No, like, not at all. So let's watch this thing for another decade and then have the conversation about where he fits in the history of the league. It just seems odd that we'd be trying to curb that. That we're witnessing it. And also, it seems odd to me that we're doing it this season. That's what's odd to me again. It's like these arguments that people are having detracting from Jokic. Even the arguments that erupted on first take, it all seems odd to me that it's happening this particular season. Because it's this season that I felt like Jokic was so far and away the MVP. It was so obviously the MVP. Like last season, it felt very legitimate having the argument between Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. To me, this season, it just feels like haters going to hate because yeah. <laughs> this ain't the season. Like if you wanted to take it away from him last season or maybe the season before you went to have the conversation about the Nuggets not being that strong, fine. But when they're sitting at the top of the West, it's just hard for me to entertain those conversations when also, again, he has all the advanced metrics plus now. He also has the team around him as well because they're healthy. He, he has been electric. It, it's probably his best season of the three. 
Yeah. But that's not going to matter. Is. It's going to come down to who the voters end up preferring. And while he's going to have a great case and this is going to be very tight, the odd shift tells you a lot of what you need to know. Embiid is very likable. Voters go through what's called voter fatigue. We talk about it all the time on Daily Wager, ESPN2, weekday, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. That's how you plug. Voter fatigue. You just get tired of voting for the same guy over and over. Sometimes you decide, eh, we'll go in another direction. We'll pick someone else. And you find someone worthy. And that guy is Joel Embiid this year. And by the way, Giannis is having an incredible year as well. He and is. he's captaining the number one team in the Eastern Conference with the best record in the NBA. So he's worthy of consideration, but he's missed a decent amount of games due to injury, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's missed too many games to be really in contention for the MVP. We've done it to LeBron. I mean, even did it to Jordan like those guys didn't have enough MVPs on their resume we do do it to the greats you're right there is that fatigue there where you just end up not voting for them I don't know if Jokic fits into that category though like he ain't a LeBron in that regard but he did seem like he was the odds-on favorite to win the MVP those odds have changed they've changed during this four-game skid meanwhile he had a 35.20 rebound triple double in the loss to the Nets he's averaged almost 30 points Almost 15 boards during this team's four-game losing streak. The losing streak ain't on Jokic. His numbers aren't down, but the team overall has lost a few games, so the odds have changed. Maybe an argument will break out about the NBA MVP. When an argument breaks out on this show, it is brought to you by the law offices of Cordell and Cordell. Normally, we like to call it jury duty. We did it a little bit earlier in the show. If you missed anything here on Joe and Amber, you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. We fought to the death. Brought to you by our friends Cordell and Cordell. Coming up next. Your turn to weigh in. Triple H say ESPN. The phone lines are open. Bring us your take, your thoughts on the NBA MVP race, your thoughts on March Madness. We've already gotten a couple upsets today. Are we going to get another one tonight? Whatever your takes, bring them our way. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. The phone lines are open here on Joe and Amber. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Phone lines are open here on Joe and Amber, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's how you join the conversation. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find us on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me at Amber W Sports. Before we get to your phone calls, let's try to earn you a little bit more money one last time. Let's get to it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Ah, yes, pizza money. It's time for the Boost Mobile Tournament Preview. We, for our final pizza money selection, have a pick for tomorrow. This is at 2 p.m. Eastern in the dance. VCU plus four over St. Mary's. VCU, they're red hot right now. Like Hansel, so hot. They've won nine straight. They're 16th in the country in defensive efficiency, and they force a ton of turnovers. If you don't watch them or aren't familiar with them, very aggressive defensively. That is going to be helpful because St. Mary's runs its offense through its two guards, Aiden Mahoney, if I'm not mistaken, and Logan Johnson. They're going to make those two very uncomfortable. In addition, we're catching four points in a game against the St. Mary's team that plays at a very slow tempo and ranks 283rd in free throws. You slow the game down, you limit the possessions, you limit the scoring, those four points become more valuable to us. So the final pizza money of the night, tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern, VCU plus four, over St. Mary's. Switch to Boost Mobile for the power to save on one of America's largest 5G networks. 
13 black odds. No winner. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play. Call a roulette with Joe and Amber. Triple eight, say ESPN. That's the number. Call it. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Let's spin the wheel. Mike, Mike is in Manhattan. Mike, thanks for the call. Go ahead. What's up, guys? Yeah, as a neutral observer, Nick, man, to me, it shouldn't be a debate. Uh, Embiid is the runaway MVP, and it's not only he's a better all-around talent. Uh, since January, Sixers have been the best team in basketball, and nobody's been dominating both ends of the court like Embiid has. So as incredible as Jokic is, his defensive liability really hurts the Nuggets and why they kind of slumped here near the end. And you can't use they have the number one seed because the Sixers have the same record because top to bottom, the East is a better division. So they're playing better opponents. And head-to-head, Embiid has dominated them. So to me, I think it should be Embiid in a landslide. I think Giannis should finish second. And I think uh, Jokic has really fallen off here since the second half. I think he should finish third. So I don't even think it's a debate. I just think Embiid has been the best player in the league since the, the beginning of the year. And the Sixers have showed out to be the best team. So that's why he should get the MVP. Uh, Yeah, Mike's not alone in his thinking there, Joe. And it's interesting because he kept just saying far and away there's not even a debate to be had. And, man, a couple weeks ago we were talking about how there's not a debate to be had. This is Jokic's award. And, frankly, everybody seemed on the same page. But what Mike just said there, you go on a little bit of a skid with the Nuggets – the, all of a sudden, also, things heat up with the 76ers. Joel Embiid's playing much better here through the second half of the season. And because of that, people are really quick to want to jump back on that Joel Embiid train. We saw the same thing last season, frankly. It kind of feels like, to me, people just don't want to give it to, to Nikola Jokic for whatever reason. Well, talking heads don't want to give it to Jokic. We don't hear well, from a lot like of the voters, <laughs> right? Yeah, there you go. Um I, he, it's not, it's not over. It's not a runaway. It's none of those things. I mean, we got to be honest. The odds are minus 105 both ways, and Jokic's season has been remarkable. But I really wish we could do more with the head to head because Embiid always gets up for that game. He gets up for almost every game, but that game, he always plays huge against Jokic. It's like he's out there trying to prove a point, and he proves it. I don't know how much the voters will take that into account, but damn, I wish they would. Let's spin the wheel. Ron, Ron is in Toledo. Ron, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Yeah, there's uh, no way Jokic should get it three years in a row. The the, the media never wants to give it away um, that many years in a row. They're, when Jordan played, he could have got it every year, and they spread it around to everybody else because they didn't want to give it to him every year. And it was kind of a foregone conclusion that he should have got it every year. So, and the same way with LeBron, he should have got it more years than he did. They so and Jokic doesn't even play any defense. So it, yeah, yeah, and thanks for the call. I I mean I I wholeheartedly agree. I mentioned it earlier. Like Michael Jordan should have won it many more times than he did. LeBron one hundred percent should have won it many more times than he has. I don't know if Jokic falls into that same category though as those guys, right? But there does seem to be some sort of adversity to giving it to a guy who deserves it. Too often, like we did, we like this idea, like that caller just said, we need to spread it around. I mean, I, I'm not positive of this, but I've made this argument before, so it's it's somewhere close. But I think Bill Belichick won the last time he won Coach of the Year was like 2012, 
And in that time frame, like Ron Rivera's won it twice. There's a bunch of coach of the years in there that you look at that aren't even coaching anymore. And meanwhile, one of the greatest to ever do it just hasn't won it in well over a decade while during that stretch winning a bunch of Super Bowls and playing in others that he lost simply because people just became accustomed to the greatness and weren't willing to vote for it. It's what happens. Voter fatigue. Let's spin the wheel. Nick, Nick is in Memphis. Nick, you have about 30 seconds with us. Go ahead. What's up? What's up, Joe? I got to tell you, man, you on a roll tonight. I really appreciate you bringing up the analogy about T.O. and how obviously he was, you know, unquestionably a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, That being said, the odd thing about this MVP race um, is that really Joel Embiid actually deserved it last year, I felt like. Um, It's not crazy to think maybe he could win it this year. But I really feel like he deserved it last year, and so so he wouldn't really be having this conversation. Yeah, I tend to agree with that analysis. I guess that was my point earlier, Joe, is like last year is when we really should have had the conversation that this is Joel's in award, and now maybe this year he's going to get like the makeup award for something maybe he should have won last year. This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.